0: Hi everyone, it's Maddie Mackey with Rise Above Yoga, and we're here with another interview for the Outcome Mastery interview series. Today I have my good friend, Niall Abbasi, who is a men's coach and group facilitator. We are so excited to have him here today, and let's give him a moment to introduce himself.
1: Hey, what's going on everybody? So yeah, my name's Niall Abbasi, um, so I facilitate men's groups. Um, I teach embodiment, coach to embodiment. I'm also a trained um, ICF certified ontological coach. Um, and yeah, so basically I create structures for men to be more of themselves. And um, we, we have a we run a group called Man Unleashed, which is basically around men as a culture taking off the leash and the societal impositions that we've placed upon ourselves um, in order to become a more full expression of who we are, and a more powerful version of ourselves.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, this is such an inspiring topic to me and really aligns with the work that I do as well. And I know we've talked for many years about this. So I think bringing up the topic of men's work is so important in this industry. And just overall, like, in the conscious collective, because it's something that's getting a lot of popularity and a lot of um, recognition these days. So I would love to just kind of hear first about your business and like the intention, you know, that you have with it and your purpose. And then dive into like, what is men's work and, you know, how, what that looks like and where we can see in society that we need it or how we can work on healing within the masculine.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like a rich topic. Um, <clears throat> so from business perspective, I started as a coach in just doing, you know, over the phone, zoom calls, more of mindset training. And one thing that I found as a man was that there was only so far that I could go intellectually. Um, and there's only so much that I could do when I shifted my mindset. And there was a component that was missing Um, which is when I found embodiment. And that was, which is basically like the totality of who you are working with the totality of who you are. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, with personal development, a lot of times we focus on how we can shift our mentality and which is completely beneficial and and necessary. And um, I think the part that particularly men forget about is the body and how to get, you know, how to do the somatic work to get, the body involved and aligned with your mind. Um, And then you get into, you know, like physically the body, but also emotionally. Um, And there's, there was, there was a plethora of work that I did that really helped me um, become more of myself, you know, become more whole, um, which is essentially kind of what embodiment is. So started as a coach um, and then it wasn't super fulfilling just doing the, the phone calls and stuff, and there was something missing. Kind of found it for myself and uh, so then I opened up my practice to include more of one on one work in person um, and then started a group started a men's group here in San Diego and with a group of of uh, four other coaches, so kind of like a mastermind, and we did a lot of work with each other for about six months. And it was so powerful that we ended up opening up the container to other men and um, started doing community events and started facilitating. And uh, it has just been such a powerful turnout uh, since. Um, one, one piece that I want to speak to about the embodiment, because a lot of people are like, well, what, what is embodiment? Um, and a, an example that I like to use is: there's, say, somebody has a project around speaking or speaking powerfully. There's, there's a lot of work that you can do through the mind in um, overcoming the limiting beliefs, and you know, of and, and getting to the root of why you don't use your voice to begin with. You know, as whatever happened, you know, in childhood, or and there's a lot of work that you can do with shifting your perspective. But there's a missing piece in that philosophy of like actually having the experience of speaking powerfully within your body and within your nervous system. So mm-hmm. that's where embodiment kind of bridges the gap between, you know, the, the mindset coaching work that a lot of people are exposed to. And then how can you, what does that, how does that show up in your body?
0: Uh, totally. And it's so powerful. And I realized that for someone, like you kind of just said, like for someone who hasn't done this work, like it could sound kind of foreign or confusing. Um, So maybe like, could you give, I know we've done some embodiment work together um, and I've worked with you and had some like great revelations from it. Could you give like an example of like, you know, a specific situation or like what that really looks like, like when you take a client out to do this deep, deep inner work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um yeah, there's so a lot of it is emotional stuff as well. So if you have say that you um you know, you have an ex-girlfriend or you know, you recently went through a breakup and and there's a lot of things that you can do to shift your perspective and to see, you know, to look on the bright side or or see where the gifts were or and, and that's really powerful work, but I would say that a lot of people still have resentment and anger in this experience trapped in their body so for for this example i mean there's a lot of different embodiment practices um but we would actually bring somebody out to uh, some space where they uh you know like they can be as loud as they want and they can say whatever they want and they have space to feel safe to express themselves and We would, you know, if, say, if somebody's struggling with resentment or something, I would, I would um, create a space where they can move that resentment through their body at a 10. Like, not just, you know, say some harsh words or something, like, really move that fully through their body and take it to a 10. Um, And oftentimes what you see is experiences come through people's body that their mind didn't even know was there. So they'll say things they didn't even know they were upset about or they'll speak a truth that they didn't even know was inside of them. And so they basically like have a space to honor more of themselves and then learn more about themselves in the process and kind of free that part of themselves. So that's, that's one around emotions, you know, I mean, embodiment could just literally just be do you are you feeling the ground beneath your feet as you're sitting here you know do you feel heavy and do you feel rooted to the earth do you feel present like you know is your are your shoulders back is your you know is your neck down is your spine aligned like there's a lot of different pieces to embodiment um so i think it it just depends in what area we're looking um Right. But the beautiful thing about it is you can get really creative with it. You know, like a lot of it is just making art out of the experiences that you go through. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> it is it, practical. You show up differently in life. You know, you, the way that you speak changes, the way that you sit, the way that you interact with people, the way that you make eye contact. Like all of these things shift and expand in the process of kind of aligning the mind with the body
0: that is like such an amazing you know depiction of what you could possibly do with the embodiment work because we all have emotions that you know we've repressed or things we've kind of numbed out whether it's from recent happenings or childhood or whatever the case might be and I was writing about this the other day and like really thinking about it, like the importance of having this safe space that you're able to create for clients um, and that these groups can create or, you know, working with you privately or whatever. Just because I think when we have a need to express like that, when we think about a child or a baby, you know, just being in the middle of a restaurant, like having a little meltdown, not really caring about what's going on around them. As adults, you know, we're programmed for a number of reasons, like respect and social responsibility, like whatever, to like not do that, which is good in a sense. But also, I think just because we're not babies anymore, like there's still that part of us that needs to release, you know, especially if we're gone, if we're going through like a trauma or something really like intense is happening in our life, like physically present and the emotions are physically present. And we have a nine to five to get to next or tomorrow or Monday or whatever. So where is the time for this expression to really happen? And if you live in an apartment, you're like, I can't scream in my apartment because my neighbor, the walls are paper thin, like everyone's going to hear. So it's like, where are we really supposed to do this without getting, you know, with the, I was thinking like, where's this fear of vulnerability coming from? And when I was going like deep into the thought, I'm like, well, what's gonna happen, like the cops are gonna get called if someone's like scared for you. The, like you might get institutionalized, like you might get judged. Um, even if you try to express with like a loved one who isn't educated on how to handle that, like you might get like this persecution against you for having these feelings. And I think that's like a really like fear-based programming within us and why we can just so easily be like, Oh, I'm just not gonna worry about that, or I'm just gonna get a cocktail, or like I'm just not gonna think about that, you know. So this work is find
1: probably- a place to put it. Yeah, that's right. People find places to stuff it. Yeah. You, know? you go like people find a way to go around it, you know, as if it's like gonna go
0: somewhere. Right, and then um, it just goes within the physical body, which is causes physical pain, emotional pain, long-term trauma. Like it just
1: it's it's ease. On
0: the surface. Yeah constantly and aggressively as time goes on
1: yeah well you, you bring up the the tantrum piece and that's like that's the greatest example is you know and you see it with kids and I mean I, and I know a lot of viewers have probably heard this before but like the way that people respond when kids express themselves you know it's like you learn at an early age oh you're out in a restaurant don't honor the depth of what you're feeling in the moment and create art with it you know like we're just, we're bred that way. One of the greatest embodiment practices is to throw a tantrum.
0: Yes, <laughs> I could like, agree more.
1: <laughs> like when's the last time you threw like an intentional tantrum? You know, I'm not talking about blew up and like lost your, you know, lost your stuff. Like really intentionally threw a tantrum and just let go of control. Uh, and um, And you know, what's interesting is like, what I've noticed is women are naturally just bred to be more embodied you know they're they're culturally they're allowed to express themselves with movement and emotion and you know like and you can see like the the byproduct of that which is they're like women are 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 rising you know because they're in touch with this directional leadership like structured Nature, because everyone's learned, you know, it's like the, the masculine and, but they're also bred to be in touch with some of that femininity and some of that embodiment. So I think women are actually bred to be a little bit more embodied. Um, and I really see that throughout, you know, my world It's like to, to see a lot of these women in alignment. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a call forth the men of like, we're, we're missing out you know, like we're, they're, 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 they're they're getting ahead, you know, like women are really, really rising. And I, and I totally honor that. And uh, it's just a call forth to men to like, to step up.
0: Definitely. And just finding that balance for women as well, you know, to embrace the masculinity piece that maybe they're removed from and for the men to embrace that femininity of that full embodiment. But I definitely agree with you on the whole, women being in their bodies a little bit i don't want to say a little bit more but you know maybe maybe so um just depending on you know your belief system and what you've seen in life just cuz i don't know as a woman like i just feel like really intuitively connected to my body like i always kind of have like we go through these cycles that are very um very present physically in our bodies so just by having that like, going on my entire life, I felt like that's been something I've always been pretty grounded in. And then the like, logistical, like, mental thing is what I've really had to like harness and work with and figure out how to process the emotions and the thoughts and the world around me and create this like, embodiment with all of that.
1: 100%. It's
0: definitely been more challenging pieces than others.
1: A hundred percent. In in the, you know, you asked about what is men's work and kind of, you know, like what is women's work? And for me, men's work is it's kind of like a movement and you see it through different groups and kind of throughout the country, it's kind of it's slowly growing, but it's basically a call forth to men of we're going to gather together and take responsibility for the culture of men and masculinity in the world and in our communities and come together and hold each other accountable and work with each other and call each other forth you know I feel like um you know I was raised by women and I feel like women have women hold enough you know like especially of of men's stuff like it's it's creating a space where we as men can call each other forward and there's you know a boatload of there's a, a there's a bunch of work that you can practice within men's circles but really I think the overarching intention is just we're coming together and taking responsibility for the bodies you know the, the gender of the body that we were born into regardless of what we've done and you know like you know most guys in the world and even you know especially my age like We haven't been done, you know, we're not responsible for what men have done hundreds of years ago, but it's, it's the call forth and the, the call to leadership to take that responsibility. Like we're responsible for how it moves forward for the balance, for the recalibration. And it's kind of, it's more of a movement, you know, like a lot of people think of like Christian groups that, you know, that have men's groups and, but it's, is it's more of a movement. And there's a lot of different um, outlets and expressions that you can apply to that movement. But I think that's the overarching uh, idea.
0: Yeah. And that resonates so much with the work that I do with like recently studying like epigenetics and DNA and ancestral healing and just how like, yeah, maybe we aren't, or men aren't, you know, anyone's not responsible for what happened like hundreds, thousands of years ago. But the programming is still there, and so the behaviors that we 're exerting might resemble something of our ancestors or something of that time where you know experiences were happening that yes we don 't have control over, but the RNA and the DNA programming is still within our bodies um, and so you know when we start looking at it like that, and we start having science proving these things like in actuality that this is passed down and these programmings are happening like beyond our control. This is where we break the cycle. And by doing this work as a man or joining a women's group as a woman or, you know, whatever you feel called to do and how to do the work, it really allows you to acknowledge and release it. And I always say like pretty quickly, like it, I mean, it it takes time to get into the practice and to get comfortable, but Once you kind of start, like, it's like a streamlined process. You can get a lot of shit done in a short amount of time.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and it has such such a huge effect on not only relationships, like romantic relationships, because I think the way that a lot of men use relationships, either consciously or unconsciously, is like, that they bring things that they wouldn't normally bring, you know, all the things that they're not expressing or they're not honoring, they bring to their partner. Mm -hmm. And like, oftentimes it's like, you know, I've heard it referred to as like, can I cuss on this?
0: Yes. (laughs) Always.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, You know, like taking all of your shit out of your intestines and like, giving it to your partner and being like love me
0: right <laughs> and, and i think you've all experienced and, that or been that person on one way one level or another
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i'm like oops
1: <laughs> and but it's it's because like we have such vulnerability and intimacy with a partner and we don't feel safe to bring especially as men like uh, this anywhere else we're not gonna bring it to our like our buddies or our coworkers, or, you know, so the men's group space is like, hey, bring all of your shit, you know, like bring it, bring it raw, bring it wild, bring it like however it shows up. And you have a group of men that are like, not only will they hold it, but it, it's benefiting them holding it because it's strengthening the, strengthening their ability to hold space, which is strengthening their masculine, you know. More of the the higher side of masculinity,
0: um, and just it, having that moment to unpack it when it's not in the middle of like a triggering argument or like a, somewhere you're gonna be like literally throwing bombs at people.
1: Yes, yeah. Which is what you know. One of the big things is is with embodiment is learning how to respond rather than react.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like responding to situations is actually rewiring your nervous system to be able to like, act, like, act with integrity rather than just you know, to, to, to react impulsively, which is reaction is where you know, when we get triggered and we, we act from the trigger place and trauma and you know, it's learning to respond to that. So you can, and it's not to say to not be vulnerable with you know, your significant other or the other people in your life, but that you have a space to really bring some of the darker stuff and some of the things that you haven't processed yet and that, you know, maybe your significant other that's very emotionally involved with you in a lot of different arenas, like it wouldn't be the healthiest thing to process that with her or him. Um, and then, and then you can actually reveal that, you know, that experience to them artfully.
0: You yeah. You can- have another set sort of space to go to resource in those moments Cause I know so many people rely on their partner as like the only outlet of emotions and like all this, you know, responsibility and weight gets put on them when we're all just trying to live our life. And some of us are like, well, guess what? We can't, we can't carry this right now. And then that causes a huge conflict with people.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very cyclical.
0: Yeah. And then you've, you know, that relationship ends, okay, I'll get a new partner guess what? It shows up with the next partner and the next and the next until you really start like realizing that this is just a big mirror that, you know, once you look into, you're like, who is causing all of this? Hey, yeah.
1: What's the common denominator? Hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at the mirror and all I see is myself, like anyone else there. <laughs> um,
1: and I talk to, to men within the community and outside of the community and these guys are like, you know, and I'll talk to to men that might not even like resonate with some of this stuff. But um, one thing that I really like to do is, is phrase it in a way in which people can hear it. Right. Because a lot of guys don't even know what full expression means or, you know, becoming whole within yourself. Like this is a certain language and not everybody speaks that language. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what we really wanted to do with, with our group was, was open it up to, to hold space for pe- for a, a range of different people range of different men you know we have such a diverse group you know ethnically um as far as like what they do and like for work um background age it's so diverse you know but we created a space that was so dynamic that it could hold all these different personalities and languages and like ways of being um, and the like men are desperate for this space like yeah. i i just talked to so many guys that they don't know that it exists and 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 some guys even really see the value in it they still just see it's completely outside of their comfort zone and they you know they're just not ready but even just having the conversation with men you know when i bring up men's work and in, in groups like it, it's almost just creating a space for them in that moment and they can feel that of like, oh wow, I can actually like talk about some of this stuff, even if it's for five minutes. And they are craving it, and they they eat it up, and they really like it. It really nourishes them in a way that they didn't know possible. Nothing. Um, see it, it's like people, like it, it. It's so. It's very clear that men need it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's unfortunate that so many people like run away from it or you know get a little like intimidated by it but i think just by like keeping the information accessible and opening the doors on as many platforms as we possibly can is just so important because it just plants the seed and then when someone's ready to take that full embodiment or you know dip their toes in the water or just try a little baby step in they'll really get to see, especially when you are in a group and you see other people doing it and you see other people's transformations who have been doing it for 10 plus years or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, like look what look what the potential is and look where we could go with this. So it's it's really amazing work. And I think the more we're talking about it and sharing about it, and like you said, it's a movement that's progressing so quickly. It's going to become like such a, it already is, but I think for the entire collective to just be a regular part of, you know, our schedules and regular part of our routines to participate in healing work for men and women.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Men, that's the key is it is men and women. Like a lot of, a lot of women actually have, you know, that I'm in connection with are, are pretty like, are are very interested in, in borderline, like really looking for a space like that as well. And there are a lot of women's circles, you know, there are a ton. Um, But I think in this day and age, it's not really about, like, it it transcends gender. You know, embodiment work, the work that we do in our groups, women could do the same exact work and get, like, the same, if not more, value. You know, it's really about, you know, balancing feminine and masculine energies within you it's not so much about gender anymore. We come together to kind of take responsibility for men because it's powerful that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a statement. Um, but we collaborate with women's groups. I think polarity work, which is, you know, doing some of the work that we do, but with men and women and getting feedback and really having candid conversations that we're not having collectively. Um, you know, I think there's so much value in that. So really it's, uh, it's not to me at least it's not just a men's movement. This is a movement around humanity,
0: absolutely. I couldn't agree more, and I think the more women who are open to doing this practice and you know the more groups for women that are created, um, you know not to diversify it, but just to keep like the men having their safe space and the women having their expressive space in the ways that they're able to connect um, with those similarities is important because I know a lot of women's circles can look a certain way or, you know, have a certain stereotype, which in a lot of my experience has been like really quiet and really like coming into like this grounded, sacred, you know, candle flower lit space, which that has a ton of benefits and I'm a huge fan of, but also, you know, stomping on the beach and privacy and, you know, getting grunting down and almost having like that birth like experience that is going to be safe in a situation where, you know, you're dealing with something emotional that like you're ready to purge out and just kind of going and getting animalistic with it is so important too. And I don't see as many of those groups for women as I do for men and they're coming, you know, they're on the way and on the rise. But I think, sometimes we think like that animalistic nature and that like violent nature is like the only men need to express that. And we need to remember that women have that side. I think we've all seen a woman get angry or violent or something in our life. And, you know, that's some pent up energy that needs to be released one way or another.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's back to more the mindset stuff too. It's, and I feel like a fundamental flaw or just missing uh, component to the culture and even personal development and spiritual work is there's a lot of bypassing that, that animalistic uh, urge and expression, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's like you intellectualize it and you like, you, you try to kind of control it and, and contain it. And But that experience is still within you. And I've, I've found that the more in tune you are with that animal nature and that killer and that, you know, like the those parts of you, like the more trustable you actually are, you know, the less pent up it is. It's like, it's funny because the more animalistic and intense and, and expressive you can get with these, with these practices, the more peaceful you become. You know, it's not like it makes you really aggressive and but when you need to use though these different archetypes and these different energies within you, like anger, for example, a lot of people think like the goal is to not get angry. The goal is not that's not the goal, at least in my eyes, it's to integrate anger and use it with a specific intentional purpose.
0: Yeah. Right? Setting
1: boundaries with
0: somebody about what allowed.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's like it, you can actually use these parts of yourself for a purpose. I'm a big practical person. I like I like integration. I like to see it impact my life. And if you want to set a firm boundary with somebody, like you're going to utilize anger, you know, not to say that it's you're going to blow up, but you're going to use it consciously in in within a dosage that someone can actually really feel and it will impact them. And they'll get the message. Oh, that's a boundary. Yeah, you know, like it, it's not about pushing these these sides of us off, you know, and, and trying to overcome them mentally. It's just get in touch with them, express them, and then utilize them in your daily life.
0: You know, it's becoming yeah. more of you. And using them wisely, you know, and not irresponsibly, where. Again, like you're just kind of like smearing your shit all over the place. Like nobody's got time for that. (laughs) Oh, well, this has been great. And I know you and I could talk about this for like hours (laughs) on end because we have before. (laughs) Um, But I would love to just go into the finishing question that I have been asking everyone. And it's any self-care routines or something that's been present in your life. What kind of celery juice trend or whatever you've been on these days that you've been noticing, um, been effective and been, you know, bringing positivity and joy into your daily routine.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, like I said, I'm a big practical person, um, earth element. Uh, so to me morning, my morning practice and morning routine is everything. Um, like it very drastically and clearly impacts the rest of my day. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, and I, and I help clients create this too. And it's really like, it's not cookie cutter. Like you can don't, you know, you can go do Tony Robbins routine, morning routine, but it, it's probably not going to work the same for you. It's really about like creating your own. So for me, it's, um, you know, a lot of embodiment. So literally like getting back into my body as soon as I wake up, I won't look at my phone or anything. I try not to think. It's just regrounding in my body. And I do that for a variety of practices. Um, It's uh, a lot of breath work. And um, I have a few different, like, uh, qigong exercises and strengthening the nervous system. And then, uh, you know, just the affirmations that I have. I have different statements. I call them I am here to statements. So the things that I'm here to do. you know, that match the projects and the other structures that I have. So it's basically like in, in, in it's every morning, every single morning, it's, it's an action of commitment. So those are the things that I do, but I don't think they're very important. they are awesome practices, but it's more of the way that you make your life sacred. You know, like what are you committed to and what actions, you know, as soon as you wake up are reflective of that. Um, so it can be anything, but I think it's, it's that like, it's programming yourself every single morning. Like this is what I'm about. This is who I am, you know, like, and then taking action that's aligned with that.
0: I love that. And it's so funny because it resonates so much with a lot of the other answers from like the other people that I've asked this question to just keeping that intuitive nature there and keeping it free flowing and just like really emphasizing that no morning practice or routine will look the same for anyone. And if you're striving to do like this one hour yoga every single morning thing, and like, it's not feeling like it's working for you, then it's probably not. And like probably better to just find a shift or, you know, shorten it or integrate something else that, you know, will bring you some joy and just kind of changing it as time goes on. Cause we're humans and change is inevitable. So it's better that we embrace it rather than run away from it.
1: And one little piece on that too is I think, especially with more driven people and people that like, like to do things a certain way and and they're, they push themselves. The most powerful practice I've given a lot of those people is to do nothing in the morning. Right. Like people that really want like completely let go and just do what you want in the morning for a week and see what arises
0: yeah i mean
1: almost almost every time it's completely reset it and it's taken the obligation and the expectation off and really like people can arise and just do what they want to you know and like and it, it, it takes the pressure off of it and then people can establish a routine that's actually more aligned with them
0: yeah, cuz the whole point of it is to, you know, set your day in a positive direction, not to wake up in this like militant way where you have this checklist that if you don't do and you're late for work, like whole day's ruined and blah, you know, it's just going to blow up. Um, so yeah, it's so important. Thanks for sharing. And one,
1: one more little practice, I know, it's going up outside, but I really I really want to stress this, this one changed my life completely is um mm-hmm it's developing the, the capacity and the ability to hold yourself in any situation. And it's this, this part is, is very mental as well of like when you're feeling insecure or you're feeling like you're not doing good enough or, you know, it's literally like rewiring your thoughts to be like, I am okay as I am and I can show up however I want and I'm not wrong. And yeah. it's, kind of reparenting yourself this stuff really changed my whole life um, and it develops what we would call energetically the masculine within you of like can always hold space and it's always there and it's consistently holding space for love throughout whatever experience you have
0: absolutely and the reparenting thing I mean we could talk for like another five hours yeah, about that, but I mean. it's so important to like you know really listen into that inner child and Check in with your body and your nervous system and your emotional, spiritual, physical self and let the things that are present be present instead of just pushing them aside and just really embrace them. You know, give your inner child a hug, tell him or her it's going to be okay and like you can move on pretty quickly after that. Like just the acknowledgement alone is a form of embodiment that can be so powerful in any moment.
1: speaking my language
0: yeah um well why don't you let everyone know where they can find you and where they can learn about the program and the group work and everything that you have to offer
1: yeah so the 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 movement or the the group is it's much more grassroots grassroots right now we're going for quality versus quantity you know it's not it it, we really want to set the intention of like that it's for the movement and, and, and set that intention first. Um, so the best way is just to reach out to me on Facebook. Cause I like to just, I like to talk to people, you know, I like to, I like to have the conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Niall Instagram, I don't use as much, um, but you can find me on there as well, Niall And And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, as far as like coaching, I have, I have a pretty good community of, uh, especially of men, um, so if you're interested in coaching, you can reach out to me as well. But it's really, for me, it's 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 not about the quantity of people. It's how how can I serve people, the community, and the world to the greatest extent, you know? And if, if it's a fit, it's very clearly a fit. If it's not, it's not. And I kind of trust the alignment of that. So, um, yeah, reach out to me if you feel called. I'll, I'll just say that.
0: Awesome. I got plenty of outlets. I'll put, about- I'll put yeah, the link in
1: that. Plenty of opportunities.
0: Um, Cool. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the important piece of the safe container is, you know, having that um, quality over quantity. I'm like, did I mess that up? (laughs) Um, Mentality, you know, so it does keep it that safe space where this real work is getting done and it's progressing um, really intentionally. So I love it, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing. It's always nice to have a friendly face on the interviews. And thank you for
1: having me. I love what you're. I love what you're up to per per usual.
0: Thank you. Well, I will talk to you soon, and have a beautiful day. Right. Bye, everybody.